This is Sheer Isolation. It's presented by Kieran Moore in Trowbridge and John Ponting in Cricklade. Welcome one and all. Thank you for joining us. You are tuned into Sheer Isolation with myself, John, in Cricklade. Kieran is over back in Trowbridge in front of his green wall. You know what? We were going to get... There's, a, there's an artist called Samuel Lindop. Sam Lindop. I think a lot of people will recognise his name in the area. He does spray penty style art installations. He's incredibly talented. I was going to ask him to do a to paint me a uh, like a vista. Just haven't done it yet. That would be pretty cool, though. Well, it's going to happen, but I just I just not yet. And supporting local artists as well. And that is the point of sheer isolation. We are here to support local artists, specifically musical related artists. Um, we've yeah. got so, a couple of tracks coming up. Uh, you've got a new tune, Kieran. You put another seven minute belter, which I'm going to have to cut down. Have to cut down. <laughs> yeah. Um, radio edit, guys. Radio edit. <laughs> We'll also be talking to Simon Huff, who is um, part of the Forest Live team at the Forestry Commission. Um, and their local venue is the Western Bar Arboretum. They normally put some really big acts on there. So we'll be having a chat to him. And uh, Kim, you've got some exciting news to start us off, haven't you? So I've done this blog about Trowbridge and the live music scene. And um, basically, it went out into the world. Um, and out, my friend Ali, Ali from the Gazette and Herald, who I've known for years and years and years and years. He said, Kieran, this is brilliant. Can I please use it for the Gazette and Herald stroke Wiltshire Times? said of course you can Ali you might need to correct the grammar slightly made it a little bit easier to read uh, but of course you would and she said Kieran can you please write the same article but about devices and a separate one about Chippenham about the venues and about what's available and what's on offer I said I'd be delighted to that's absolutely fantastic thank you ever so much for the opportunity yes I'd be delighted so I'm going to be doing that that's just putting good out there I wrote that blog post just to say Trowbridge is over for business. Here are your venues. Crack on. And she said, come and do some commissioned work for the Gazette and Herald. Look out for Kieran's blogs in... No, they're not blogs if they're in a paper. They're articles, aren't they, then? Articles, yeah. yeah. I'm assuming on the Trowbridge article, you didn't mention the Trowbridge venue that got done for uh, breaching COVID restrictions. <laughs> I did not mention Let's it. not no. name them, no. <laughs> um, they're just called the Trowbridge Sports Bar, I think. Let's not name them. <laughs> No, but it's, it's funny. Go look it up. I mean, you shouldn't do this. And this is exactly why. And you got caught. You got fined. Time for a tune, I think. Oh, yeah. OK, cool. We've got another belter, another seven minute one, which I'm gonna, only going to play half of. So it's by a band or a duo called Summit Nine, who are devices based. It's um, uh, Dan Allen, who's in, been in loads of bands in the past, including uh, Cor- Corvid, not Corvid, not Covid, Corvus, which is a bird um they're Corvus and funk rock bands um he's always been incredibly funky and then the front man the singer is a guy called Tom Harris and, and he's been in loads of metal bands in devices over the years and the two of them have got together and they've produced this political funk track and it's, it's called change 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 and a lot of the lyrics are all about global issues covid war against terrorism I don't know it's all very political uh, so yes uh, change 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 by summit nine
actually, John, as I'm talking to you now, I've just got a message from Dan. It's almost like he's psychic. They've changed the name of the band. The name of the band is no longer called Summit Nine. I'm pretty sure Summit Nine is something to do with Everest. Is it Everest? I don't know. One of the mountains in the world. Um, but no, his new band, their band, this band, are official bands now. They're called Funking Hell. So I, I just got distracted. I think there's a Canadian band called The Burning Hell, which I really like. Burning Hell. Yeah. You know, that was completely irrelevant to the rest of the conversation. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> anyway, look at I've lost my notes now. So yeah, that was Change, Change, Change by Summit Nine or Funking Hell. Funking Hell. From bum, the Vises. Any product placement this week, Karen? No, none of my records have turned up. I've bought loads. I've bought New Pagans. I've bought so many I can't even remember them. <laughs> What's the other one I bought? That's fine. We don't really have time after that tune, so that's fine. <laughs> fine. No, we don't. We don't. We'll move on to our interview this week who is a chap called Simon Huff, who works uh, alongside the Forestry Commission, and he's based at Western Burt Arboretum uh, by Tetbury. If anyone's not been to Western Burt, then you should go. It is open, but you do need to book in advance. So if you fancy a, a day walking through the woodlands and the forests, then um, that's a good place to go. Let's be honest, you don't have a great deal of options out there right now. So a nice walk in the forest is definitely going to be high on your radar. Simon doesn't just deal with Western Burt Arboretum, so he also deals with Forest Live, which is the Forestry Commission's festival. It, it's it's like a posh equivalent of V Festival, really, isn't it? You've got four sites, you get the acts going to the same ones. There you go, like a posh version of V Fest. I don't think V Fest is a thing anymore either, John. I think it's gone. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh. Okay. That just shows how in touch I am with the festival scene. <laughs> You're so old. <laughs> I tell you what, V was one of my first festivals. I think it's everybody's first festival, isn't it? V in Glastonbury is where you go when you're like 18, 19. Back to chatting about Simon. So yeah, we uh, we invited him on just to talk about Forest Live if he thinks it's going to go ahead this year. He's very optimistic. Uh, really nice to have a chat with him as well because I've not seen him for years and years. Back in the day, um, I helped him organise the live music at Tree Fest, which uh, was about ten years ago. We did the first Tree Fest, and uh, this is what he had to say. So um, I, I know where we first met, which was at Western Bird Arboretum when you were planning a new festival, which went on there for what, six seven years, which was Tree Fest. So should we should we start there and, and tell us? Where, where that idea came from to uh, launch Treefest on the world? I mean, we'd done a sort of bank holiday event for quite a long time, but many years at uh, Western Burt. And it was, I think it'd been called various different things. I think it'd been called Festival of Wood, Festival of Trees, Festival of the Tree, I think. And then we kind of tried to shorten it and bring it a bit more up to the sort of 21st century and call it Treefest. And, and part of that slight rebrand was that we wanted to genuinely uh, sort of expand it a bit. So it wasn't just sort of a one-dimensional thing that it, it had interest for more a wide group of people really from attract new audiences in so we felt you know sort of performance and, and theatre and kind of celebrating the connection with trees in, in different ways as well was really important so that's why we got your good selves involved. Kieran you, you'll see I know when I tell you this you'll say it's one of the those um, dream gigs that you get because Simon basically just gave us a tent right it's more than a tent it was kind of a, a Dutch style barn a temporary Dutch style barn Wow. the stage in there and then just said do what you want with it and just <laughs> that is the dream <laughs> pretty much it's yeah. the dream because the site is so incredible it makes the whole event really easy to sell yeah definitely and and that was the real heart of the event for quite a few years wasn't it john was there was that nice sort of open sided sort of crook frame marquee i think was the official terminology so like a traditional crook frame barn but with a, a marquee covering rather than you know timber and um 
yeah, it was it was a lovely little space. That was nice. And now, was Forest Live running at the same time? I think it was, wasn't it? So you had the two kind of big events going on during that era. Yeah, that's right. Well, again, Forest Live program uh, will be 20 years old this year. So it's been going since 2001. And I think Western Burt did have concerts going for a few years before that as well, even actually. I think they had a few uh, sort of classical last night of the proms kind of things going on for a few years before that. So, yeah, that was definitely going before that. So for people who, uh, who aren't familiar with Forest Live, how, how would you sell it to people? Obviously, it's at Western Burt, so the, the venue, you've got a big tick. So, so what, what are the other big yeah. ticks? Well, yeah, Forest Live is our annual live music programme for Forestry England, currently over four different venues around the country. So we have Delamere in Cheshire, we've got Cannock in Staffordshire, and High Lodge in Thetford Forest over on the Suffolk Norfolk border there, and also uh, Western Burt in Gloucestershire. And it's been, yeah, as I say, it's been going 20 years now, as a national programme, and uh, we get audiences up to 10,000 some of those venues. We, well, we should be expecting our two millionth customer this year. So, with oh, doing pretty well. is it still going to happen? Is that still going to happen? Yeah, well, that's that's the plan, Kieran. Yeah, that's that's everything we're doing is still you know gearing towards that. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, you know, as anyone in the live events industry right now is is watching yeah. the guidance and trying to work out what the best move is so yeah no absolutely as it stands we're still fully committed to doing it and i guess you benefit from the fact that you're effectively a festival aren't you a day fest it's outdoors i guess you have all the same you have the same pressures so similar pressures to what festivals have because i assume when you've got ten thousand people there you have to get in things like portaloos and amenities for yes, that yeah. yeah definitely it's a you know it's a big uh, it is a big logistic operation it's not on the same scale as something like Glastonbury. So, you know, I can totally sympathise <laughs> where they've had to cancel because um, I remember a few years ago, a few of us, uh, we had a tour around the, the Glastonbury site with Michael Evis about a month before it was actually due to start. And even by that point, it already looked to me like it was ready to run a festival. You know, the, the, the infrastructure they'd already put in mm-hmm. even a month before was phenomenal because they're, they're building a small city there for, for a period. So... I can totally see why it just wasn't feasible for them. They've had to make that decision as early as they have, which is tragic. Absolutely, my heart goes out to them. But yeah, I mean, the, the benefit for us live really is that, you know, I think I can fairly safely say if anyone can put a live music event on, then it ought to be us because we're outdoors in the fresh air. We've got lovely trees all around. We, to some degree, we can, we can social distance. We can spread out there. You know, everybody just comes in their own car, can bring a bit of food and drink in themselves if they want, and then they leave in their own car. So... We've got none of that sort of overnight issue with what the festivals have. So providing, you know, local and national government guidance and, and our risk assessments give us that sort of green light, then then if anyone can do it, I think we can. So so what is the plan for this year? What what are the dates and who is uh, who's been announced so far? Yeah, it's a great, great line. Rag and Bone Man on Thursday the 10th. He's just got his new single out as well and an album on its way. 10th, um, 10th of when, sorry? June. 10th of June. Sorry, oh, yes, sorry, yeah, Thursday, 10th of June. Sorry, I'm so focused on Forest Live. I just assume everybody knows what month I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> looking, you've got Madness coming up. Now, that is definitely a show that I'd bring kids to because uh, yeah. Yeah. you can dance to that. Yeah, definitely. There's such a lot of old classics in there, aren't there? But it's a great, it's a great show, definitely. So, we, what was the. Oh, sorry, go on. I was going to say, we've mentioned Rag and Bone Man and Madness. So, who else have you, have you got booked in? Uh, we've also got Keane and Jess Glynn this year. So, you know, again, they're all really, they're really good signings. That's why we're particularly hopeful we can uh, we can press on and get them done. So when you say you've got these at four of the sites in total, do the acts not tour them or do they just choose which one they play? So you can um, get acts across the country? 
It's a bit of both. Two of the venues are, are slightly bigger capacity. So uh, Westenburg and Thetford are up to 10,000. And then Delamere and Canuck are around about six, 7,000, something like that. So that partly sways, you know, the economics of it sometimes. We yeah, get of course. And a lot depends on just what dates are available. Ideally, yeah, as much as we can, we'd like to just get the benefit of having a, you know, one artist that can do all four venues. But probably on average, we'd probably end up with about seven artists across the four venues. I think we just can't quite get them all to do the same. So um, you said it was 20 years old. Do you count, uh, were you with the company 20 years ago or have you come on since? Uh, yeah, I was. Yeah, I started off actually in 2001. Wow. With Ranger up in the North York Moors, actually. And that was Dolby Forest. And that was the first year we did Forest Live. So that was one of the first things I sort of got involved in when I started working for them. Um, that's, that's quite impressive. Yeah. Who was your first lineup? The you... very first one was yeah. uh, Jules Holland and The Levelers the night before. That was the first one we'd ever had was The Levelers. And I, I always remember it, it was a bit of a culture shock, a lot of these uh, foresters doing this kind of thing. It was a bit kind of, what have we done here? You know, we opened the gates. <laughs> of course. And some of these real diehard Levelers fans that came in and some of these really quite funky vehicles with all kinds of stuff painted all over the side. I think there was a, a brief moment of horror across some of these dyed-in-the-wall foresters' faces of what have we done here, you know. <laughs> Even from the first one, you went in at the, top, at the top end. I mean, having Jules Holland, I mean, that is, well, that's probably as big as you can get, isn't it? I mean, he is such a respected musician. Yeah, yeah. Again, you know, very, very polished in what he does as well. He just arrives, you know, and just gets on stage and, and performs at that level straight away. It's always very yeah. impressive. And the bizarre thing is, I was talking to a colleague the other day, you know, the funny thing is when we started in 2001, it was just on the heels of that foot and mouth epidemic that had happened. And again, all the yeah. forests had been closed because of the yeah. health issue. Well, we weren't sure whether we were going to open them or not. So it does feel that it's a bit deja vu, really. A bit too yeah, I bet. <laughs> And one, one thing we have kind of touched on there was um, just about the location and the music that you you bring. And, and the two, some some people may see them as not instinctively linking together. You know, some people yeah. say there's a, there's a place for certain bands to play at certain venues. And, and one thing I do like about Forest Live and, and Treefest and pretty much everything you do at Westenburg is you, you want to make the forest accessible for everybody and not necessarily just because there's a big arboretum there. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right, John. I think we're trying to you know engage new audiences. That's part and parcel of our remit, really, as a public body. And you know, we're very lucky that that we get. You know, we've had a good booker that we've been using for a long time. He's well established in the industry, and he does help us get some great names. So it's partly, you know, it's a commercial decision because we've got to make it pay. We've got to get an artist that, that will sell. But equally, yeah, we've we've really sort of pushed the boat out. We've had you know some acts that have been outside what you might normally think of as coming to summer's evening at uh, the National Arboretum. I'd say I think you've got your, your brands now. I think it's, it's very incredibly well established. It's certainly uh, almost iconic, I would say, because it is that wonderful gig in, in, in the forest. But um, you're probably at a point now where you can cherry pick who you want, really. <laughs> 20 years is long enough to be an institution, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, I mean, as I say, we're very lucky that, that, that we've, you know, we've got a good system works and we have got the reputation, but, um, yeah, you know, it's never, we never take it for granted. It's, you know, it's always, it, it's getting the dates specific to work out for us. It's always the challenge. You know, we get so many people who, you know, really like the idea of it. You know, we've had some artists who for years have been saying they want to come, but it just never works out each year. So until you get them signed on that dotted line, it's always a bit of course. nail biting, yeah. <laughs> 
And uh, what about the, the Arboretum, aside from Forest Life? Because I, I know you're, you're still quite heavily involved with Western Burt specifically out, out of all the Forestry Commission sites. So, so obviously it's, it's closed at the moment, but what would be the, the intention for later in the year? Uh, no, it is open, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're just actually currently doing an awful lot of, tragically, a load of ash felling because all the calara and the ash die back disease. So yeah. having to take a lot of those out at the moment, which is really, really, you know, soul-destroying, I think, because there's some really old trees there. But absolutely, you know, the scientific advice is that's the right thing to do. So we're just doing that at the moment. But uh, but no, the place is still open. And again, that's that's really, you know, thanks to things like Tree Fest and Forest Live, because because we had a customer relations team actually based in Thetford uh, that were selling those tickets, you know, in a, a ticket system at running, we were able to do advanced day tickets for, for Western Bird. So I think in total, we were closed for about seven weeks last year uh, when, when the initial oh. lockdown happened. But after That's that, really we, were interesting. Able, we were able to open it just using, you know, bringing in advanced day tickets. Only So we were able to totally control the numbers coming in and the times they came in. So it was an absolute heaven sent thing. You know, if we hadn't had the concerts, we wouldn't have been able to do that. Cool. Um, I, th- I think we'll, we'll move on to, to the track you picked then, Simon. You, you've gone with um, one, one of the acts that has played for you at Forest Live previously. Yeah, I chose this one, actually, John, because, you know, there is a connection there with, with Western Arboretum, Group Reese, who came to um, support a band back in 2014, and he just got his American Interior album out. And it's probably a testament to how well he did that. I can't remember which band he was supporting now, but I distinctly remember his performance because I thought it was one of the most innovative and engaging and, and, and beautifully crafted performances I've ever seen. It was literally just him and a chair and a little side table with a little desk with a couple of records on it and a, a metronome with a microphone that he used as a bass drum and layered a couple of things with some guitars, just him, but beautifully layered, beautifully crafted and um, yeah, really impressive performance. It stuck with me.
So, John, whilst we were doing that link, I did a quick Google of VFest. All oh, right, we're going back to that, yeah. I was wrong. VFest still exists. Uh-huh. However, it's not the VFest that used to be VFest. So VFest used to be Virgin Music Festival. It's Virgin Festival, yeah? Hmm. This VFest is called Vegan Fest and is in some trees in the woods somewhere. And you, there is some DJs and stuff playing and you're surrounded by trees and it's all very lovely. So VFest does exist. It's just not the original VFest. It's, it's now an artisan version of VFest. It's now an artisan version. <laughs> so you've got the posh version of VFest and the artisan version of VFest. Let's just start comparing all festivals to VFest and just see what we end up with. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, moving on. Uh, so we have just played Griff Reese uh, with the track American Interior. And uh, as Simon said, he was he played at Forest Live um, what, six, seven years as ago. As a support act. As a support uh, act. Uh, and if you haven't seen the film linked to the song or read the book, they're well worth checking out both of them. Griff basically goes in search of a lost Welsh tribe that m- long before the Vikings, etc. apparently, according to Welsh legend, went to America and they settled down there. We'll move on to news then. Ah, I've got loads of news. Have you got news? No, you go ahead with your news. It's probably more entertaining than mine. Well, no, it's actually, it's a bit, it's my news is actually sad news. It's not, it's not good news, it's bad news. Um, have you seen the latest What's Happened with Marilyn Manson? I have, yes, yeah. So um, it's more a case, it's not so much news in the sense that I think it's probably worth talking about this concept of, ma- of ma- you know, fragile masculinity and the way that men treat women in music. And it's not, I don't, we don't need to use this podcast as a soapbox to, to be political and to dictate, but I think it should be worth noting that music scenes in general, particularly alternative music, particularly the pop punk scene, these scenes, they breed male behaviour that is not acceptable anywhere else. And, and to be honest, I wasn't surprised when this news broke about Marilyn Manson because he's been giving daft interviews for decades. It's kind of how he made his name. But this came out and it was just like, it's not surprising really, is it? And I'm just really sad to hear it. And I just wonder how many more people out there are going to have stories that are going to come out in the press. They're going to be terrible, terrible people. We kind of knew it all along. And where does this stop? Right. Anyway, um, I will... Better news? Well, it, it was more of a question to you. Um, and this kind of links back to what, um, our chat with Simon earlier on about what's happening this year. Now we've we've started to see obviously that Glastonbury has said they've cancelled. They've got a big logistical nightmare, so they need to plan in advance. The smaller festivals are now starting to put out announcements saying it is still our intention to go ahead, like Two Thousand Trees. Yes, and Festival on the Farm out by Swindon. I saw that one a couple of days ago. So there's a lot of um, I don't know whether the word would be worry or anticipation or. or optimism or pessimism just about what's going to be happening over the next couple of months how, how much of a festival calendar do you think we're going to see in 2021 <laughs> i've been chatting to the sheer team some of the boys are on, on facebook about this and i know there's some of these festivals are still plowing the uh, towing the line that it's all going to go ahead and be fine i'm not convinced it is 2000 trees for example is only two and a half three weeks later from Glastonbury if Glastonbury can't go ahead I know they've got a much vaster scale but I just can't see even the smaller scale things right now I can't see it happening I can see events happening but I'm not sure about festivals so we'll see all right then we will leave it at that for the day get in touch with us on email isolation at gmail.com so if you've got any new videos you want to share with us or any news that you want to 
pass our way, then feel free to. And we will be playing those tracks in future editions of this. That is all I've got to say for now, Kieran. It's been a pleasure. Hey guys. Thank you. Cheers for listening, everybody. Ooh. We will be back next week in our usual place, wherever you listen to us. <laughs>